Hi, it's Peter Raschuti from Out to Lunch. Next week, we're starting a new season of shows. Today, let's revisit this conversation from pre-COVID days. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Hancock Whitney. Hancock Whitney is here for families, here for businesses, here for communities during this challenging time. Visit HancockWhitney.com slash COVID-19 for the latest. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. On most shows and podcasts about business, stories fall into a few predictable categories. The company that made it against all odds, the entrepreneur who everybody said was crazy, but look where he is today, and the person who would never have gotten to be a superstar if she hadn't been fired from that awesome job and thought her career was over. All of these stories have one thing in common. History, to some extent, has already been written. Today I want to introduce you to two entrepreneurs who are in the midst of writing history. They are both taking elements from their own professional experiences to create new, unique, creative businesses here in New Orleans. Elizabeth Perrin's history uh, includes growing up in New Orleans and modeling in New York and Paris. Switching to the other side of the camera, Elizabeth has become a fashion photographer and spent 22 years working in the film business in Hollywood. All of these experiences combined to create the venture Elizabeth launched here in New Orleans in 2015, a full-service talent and creative media agency called 5245. 5245 is the sort of agency you'd normally find in a bigger city like New York or Los Angeles. Elizabeth's clients to date range from Beyonce to the Lakeside Shopping Center. Elizabeth, welcome out to lunch. Thank you. Thanks for having me. In 2013, Dr. Linda Shkreli turned her back on a successful career in academia. Linda had a coveted position as a teacher of performance studies at CSU Northridge in Los Angeles. She gave that up to move to Hawaii to work in a Honolulu fabric shop. Along the way, Linda also started what we call in New Orleans a side hustle. She founded her own creative business, which she called Breakthread Designs. With Breakthread Designs as her primary focus, Linda decided to settle in New Orleans. Today, Breakthread Designs makes a range of designer pieces that include Mardi Gras costumes, custom clothing, and interior goods. Linda, welcome down to lunch. Thank you, it's good to be here. Elizabeth, show business agents are people who bridge the gap between creative artists and the business-driven demands of movie studios, magazines, and fashion houses. From TV shows like Entourage and movies like The Player, it seems like the interests of the employer and the employee in these relationships are often at odds. As an agent, you represent artists, the employees in the relationships. Artists are, I imagine, a plentiful resource, whereas a number of employers is limited, especially here in New Orleans. Are you like a negotiator, constantly aware of having to keep all parties happy, or is being an agent not quite how it's portrayed in the media? Oh, 
that's a that's a question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I am a negotiator. I have to. I have two clients. I have the people that I'm supplying talent to, who have their needs, their prerequisites, their budgets, their time constraints, and then I have my talent who is signed on for me with me for a period of time that need to be happy, that need to get paid, that need to be taken care of, that need to be, you know, looked after. So, and, and they need to, you know, get the money, get paid, do their job and do it well. So, I basically feel like I have two sets of clients on both sides, which is um, and 70 interesting. 70% <laughs> of them are not the employers are not here, right? They're right. Most of my 60% of my um, clients are national, so they're coming to New Orleans to utilize the beauty and the scenics and the location of New Orleans. And uh, in that sense, you've got models like we think of models, but you're also uh, the backdrop, the the hair, the hair people, all of that. You you can you control those as well, right? Well, I offer I offer those services, and then I've opened a new division called Real People. So that's for like you and me, people that are. <laughs> well, no, you are you are a model not, in Paris. Not five, I, nine, that's where we and thin, really. um, but all ages. And I'm developing that that part of my um, business because right now there's a big demand for real people. You know, not everybody wants to see a model. They want to be able to relate to the person that they're looking at. So okay, there's a big you, re request for that and diversity. Right, diversity. You have a. Uh, large percentage of your uh, staff or models there are African-American mm -hmm. even signed on a transgender person recently. correct so so you are you are in the right great camp over there that's uh that is great now Linda you built a successful career in academia you got a four point eight rating on your rate my professor <laughs> I teach that's good it's out of five right um is it out of five? That would have to be the correct answer. It's out of 4.9. Yeah. No, oh, kidding. it's out of 4.9. <laughs> it's out of 100, Linda, and that's why I wanted to talk to you. Is, uh, they, uh, <laughs> which is not easy. <laughs> and then you walked, away, you, yeah. walked, you walked away from all that to become an entrepreneur. You lived in California and Hawaii. You obviously picked good spots. And having lived in New Orleans previously, you decided to move back here to build your business. If I was going to look for a common thread in all this, I would have guessed it was the Internet. Uh, you have extensive experience in communication, and creative people often say with the Internet that that's why they can live anywhere. So I'm surprised to find that you're building breakthrough designs in the old-fashioned way by word of mouth. Apart from a recent Instagram account, you, you have no digital presence whatsoever, no website, no Twitter, not even a Facebook page. Um, obviously, this tactic is working. Is going digital free an intentional business decision? Um, no, not necessarily. You just I, need someone to build these things? Yeah, okay, there's Okay, call that. that number on your screen. Is that <laughs> exactly. <what we> need? <laughs> there's definitely that, and I think intentionally for a while I decided to opt out of social media for my own personal reasons, and it seems like the most opportune tool at this point to have, um, you know, a, a successful business. I mean, you really have to have a digital president. So... I feel like I'm relearning those tools. Um, and it's been fun, actually, because I think one of the things I was kind of shying away from was the personal focus, and now I just get to focus on the business aspect of things through the internet. And speaking of that, you're, um, you're not a business person, per se, so you've had to learn this side. That's true. I'm a communications and performance studies um, Those are other background. majors. They're in different it's, schools. I just wanted to point that out. To you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I feel like 
so many of the students that I've, I've crossed paths with are business majors or you know they go on to um, be entrepreneurs and so they're looking for those communication skills who, as well. Who are your customers? Um, right now I'm trying to build a client base through our um, costume custom here in New Orleans um, uh, also through home goods and interiors um, and you know there's a huge market on handmade goods and crafts online as well and that's what gives me pleasure so I'm trying to make sure that that doesn't get um, erased in the in the hustle <laughs> now uh, do you ever make make costumes for the film industry or commercials or? I have not tapped into the but film you industry know that's here. what she knows yeah, yeah. this is <laughs> why talk. we have the show yes. and then we get a finder's fee and then everything really <laughs> works works out great they uh, <laughs> Now, Elizabeth, uh, these uh, people that you have, are they unionized? Is this a business that's... You know, I started my business three years ago, and I'm also not a business person. I am now, but I was not. Through, what program was it? Was it Capital One? I went through the Capital One Great. Getting Down to Business program last year, and that was helpful. But before that, I was just doing my own sort of independent work as a freelancer in the film business and as a photographer. But when I started my business, I mean... It's a, you really, I really did have to step it up because there's contracts and um, the negotiations and, you know, keeping all that money and the finances straight. It was, it was a lot for me to learn, but I've, I've, I've come a long way. And of course, the other thing you talk about coming a long way is uh, you were up until very recently working out of your house and now you're going over to Launchpad. That's a step. That's a great step. Um, I think that will give my my uh, clients um, a, a sense of security coming to meetings at Launchpad, and also my talent will have places to have mixers, do fittings. Um, you know, I think it'll just be a lot better. It'll be a lot more you unified. Really spice up Launchpad. They, they bring <laughs> your models in and all. There's a there's they're going to be happy with yes. This. That's that's all going to going to work out. Uh, Linda, if you um, if you don't have the business background, I mean, how have you had to? You're trying to monetize this. You're trying to make a living. Um, have you thought about going into something uh, like Elizabeth has some training? Yeah, absolutely. I've been doing some research on um, the Urban League of Louisiana has their Women's Resource Center. That's right. Um, yeah. And so I've been looking a lot at their um, accelerator program. Um, which actually started in January. I think it's kind of like a year-long program that um, is like step by step. Um, but I think where you you can you can get in along the way. And then there's also the um, Small Business Administration um, has a national competition, and that's kind of uh, a good funding outlet too. So there's things that I've been looking at. I also recently um, applied for the Amber Grant, which is a women's entrepreneurship. Grant, it's $1,000 monthly um, that they give away, $9,000 at the end of the year um, as kind of starter money for and, your project. And, and that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, this business, if you, now that we're thinking of this as a business, I mean, it's not cheap. I mean, fabric uh, is expensive. Fabric is expensive, definitely. Um, and it's also tactile, so I don't really enjoy purchasing fabric and supplies online because I want to be able to see the goods and see how they feel and, and what I've they can do. And I've also heard I could find you at garage sales on Saturdays That's and things like absolutely that. absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, long-term, this all kind of started because um, uh, I was making gifts and giving away a lot of services and in, in terms of crafting. But um, one thing that people 
typically say when I tell them that I sew is, oh, I always wanted to learn to do that. I wish I knew how to sew. And so I'm kind of hoping that another aspect of the business element will be um, teaching, education, learning, uh, teaching others how to craft. Getting a new rate, my professor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is going to be great. <laughs> You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Linda Shkreli from costume and custom clothing company Breakthread Designs and Elizabeth Perrin from the creative agency 5245. We'll be right back after this very brief break. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Linda Shkreli from costume and custom clothing company Breakthread Designs and Elizabeth Perrin from the creative agency 5245. Elizabeth, um, do you ever have to turn clients away? In other words, uh, they're just not a fit for you? Not yet. Okay, that would be a good thing to have. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, we, we want to work. And so we work within people's budgets. So if, you know, I, I need every client, basically, is my motto. Um, when I first started, I, I mainly focused on, or what really happened was I got a lot of national clients, which is great because those are bigger budgets and they're used to dealing with an agency and, and, and going through that Which process. Which I wanted to bring up, Elizabeth, because you said that you're doing business like they like to do business in New York and L.A. I mean, you've, uh, uh, whereas sometimes locally they're, I, I don't know if they're, they're less, uh, um, I, and I don't know what the word would be. Haters? But, yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> but but, you, <laughs> but you, you, come, you come back and you give them the services that a New York or L.A. agency would, would want. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I I think that, you know, from when I started until now, I've acquired a lot of local boutiques and a lot of small local businesses and and they keep coming back. So I think they understand that I'm providing professionals that are going to show up and you know, I'm going to send them an invoice and they can send me the check and all of my people will be paid and it's all kind of handled. You know, how about that dealing with creative people and models and all that? Are they that's not a management skill that they teach in a professional environment. No, it's it's been trial by fire, and um, you know it's 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 interesting walking the line between having just a business relationship with your talent and also sort of becoming friends with some of your talent. So it's it's a fine line because I do care about them and I want the best for them. Um, but yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, Every day is a, is a negotiation with everybody. It's a big management job, you know? So you are the negotiator that you said I, you I were. Am. I am. Now, Linda, do you have a storefront? Or are you thinking about one? I am, actually. Really? You are psychic. Oh, yeah, I see that. <laughs> I have been. I've been looking at properties. Um, my ideal property would be um, a live workspace. Um, and kind of the, the moniker Breakthread came from the idea, the play on words of breaking bread. So breaking thread was like a collaborative effort amongst me and my friends to try to oh. make our Mardi Gras costumes or have craft nights and that sort of thing. And so I'd like to get back to that, collaborating with other artists in town, um, local small businesses. Like for instance, the um, there's a new subscription box service that my friend um, Sydney Ray from Sydney Ray Design is doing called With Love Nola. So every month or so? I think it's every couple months, yeah. So she does a curated box um, from you know local handmade goods and beauty and um, apparel and um, coffee, food, that sort of thing. And um, so I'm going to be trying to collaborate with them 
as well as also finding ways to sell your products when you don't have a storefront. So if that means selling your products where you're buying your fabric, um, like Uptown Needle and Craftwork, um, which is a great space. Um, they also do a lot of education too. Um, so it's a goal. A storefront is a goal. It's a wonderful idea to have a space. I'd love to have a space, um, but it might be something in the near future, hopefully. Right now it's virtual. You'll have to tell us where you are. <laughs> Which brings us back to uh, Elizabeth. How did you get the name for the company? Do you live at that address? Well, when I moved back to New Orleans from living away for 30 years, I wanted a name that grounded me back in New Orleans. And also, so many names are impossible to get. On, oh, for internet sites? Yeah, GoDaddy. I mean, it's just, just impossible. <laughs> and I didn't want an association with any sort of name. I wanted to build the brand the way I wanted to build it. So I just took my um, family street address, which is 5245. Excellent. So mm -hmm. now you have to, you know, I can change the name to the uh, the uh, Launchpad Center. So that's, uh, that's good. <laughs> no. no, but... but um, I am considering doing a slight little rebrand because the only issue I've noticed is that people can't seem to remember or recall the name of the company. Oh. So I'm kind of like, hmm, 5245, 4552, So I don't know. I'm thinking about that. I'm going to be rebranding my logo to more accurately telegraph that the 52 comes before the 45. So we'll see if that works. Because 45, 52 is like a, a demographic where you try to sell shoes or something like that. That would be the... Uh... <laughs> now, Linda, Elizabeth, this is the part of the show we call another great idea. Uh, maybe you've got a friend like this, someone who's always got a great idea for you. They tell you about this job you should apply for, or that guy you should have a cup of coffee with, or a great investment opportunity you should jump on. Now you can take advice like this and it turns out to be a disaster. You can dismiss this advice and miss out on something that might have turned out really great. Or you can take your friend's advice and it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Uh, do you have an example in your life or career of a friend who had a great idea for you? Did you take their advice and how did it turn out? I guess I'll start with Linda. Uh, yes, I was in grad school at um, Eastern Michigan University in Ypsilanti. Um, hometown of Iggy Pop. <laughs> oh, wow. And, All right. And, uh, You're from Michigan, but you haven't done that thing to me, that mitten the thing. The high five. You hold your hand up and tell me, <laughs> tell me where you are. Where am I? Yeah. Um, but my mentor there, uh, Annette Martin, um, I, I told her I wanted to continue grad school, and she suggested LSU, and I would never have known about the program at LSU or how much of a fit Louisiana would have been for me, or New Orleans specifically, if she hadn't suggested it. I mean, I was young, I wanted to go to New York, I wanted to yeah. go to the West Coast, and um, I came down and visited, and it was, it was definitely a kismet. So I took that advice, and it was definitely um, something I don't regret. I mean, in fact, I, I owe her a lot for that, yeah. And after that, you went out and to the far west, but you came That's back. That's true, yes, exactly. What made you come back? I felt like when I left, I knew I was always going to come back. I had to finish my dissertation and go out and get my first big girl job. And I was also experiencing a lot of wanderlust and kind of feeling rootless. But I knew that when I wanted to come back and put down roots, when the time was right, I would. And it has been, and it's been great. The last year has been really great, very welcoming. Things are kind of rolling. And it has not stopped being the city where, you know, you're, you can make things happen here, you know? And no one's telling you no. <laughs> You're telling them, what are you into? You were having a beer and you thought, what do I want to live? 
below sea level. That's where I'm going <laughs> to exactly. try to go. <laughs> Elizabeth, what about yourself? Well, basically, mine was is you know, I wish I had taken some advice um, that was given to me by my dad, but just being rebellious and wanting to do what I wanted to do, when I wanted to do it, how I wanted to do it, I did all that, which has put me in a good position to do the business I'm in now, but also wish that I'd gone to law school. If I had a, a degree in entertainment law right now, whoa, that would be a whole different it's level. not too late. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> We can take the LSAT right after this, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I have thought about it. By the way, I, um, when you talk about advice from your parents, they they would probably have pretty good advice. They, you'd see, your dad was a photographer, then your mom and dad ran a, uh, a film company. <laughs> These weren't random pieces of advice. These no, were... they said do not get in the business. <laughs> I mean, basically, they said don't get in the business. I was like, I'm in. I'm already in the business. I mean, you put me in the business, so. You know, there's a lure to being freelance and independent. Every job is a new, you know, experience. Um, but then at the end of the day, you don't have security. You know what I mean? And I tell that to my artists, too. Like, a lot of them are like, oh, well, I'm in college, but I want to stop college and be a model full time. And I'm like, do not stop college. <laughs> Keep going to school and we'll work around it. That's my advice too. I hope, you know, the, the talent, I hope that, and most of them take it. Linda and Elizabeth, every business is creative to some extent, but starting up and running a business where creativity is the business itself requires a special kind of skill. You're both building successful businesses that combine your own unique experiences in areas where there are few precedents to follow in New Orleans. Congratulations on your successes to date. I uh, look forward to keeping up with both of you. And thanks for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was fun. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Elizabeth Perrin, founder, owner, and creative director of 5245, and Linda Shkreli, the owner and founder of Breakthread Designs. You can find out more about Elizabeth's creative agency and Linda's design studio by following the links on our website it's neworleans.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. And our researcher is Maggie Mendel. You can listen to the show and to past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, and I think you should, uh, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and at it's New Orleans Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Allison Moon. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Hancock Whitney. Hancock Whitney is here for families, here for businesses, here for communities during this challenging time. Visit HancockWhitney.com slash COVID-19 for the latest. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com.